is the Propel Podcast, inspiration and training to grow your church. I'm your host, Larry Witzel. Seventh-day Adventist churches grow differently, and our goal with this podcast is to offer practical training for effective evangelism in the Seventh-day Adventist ministry context. This episode features Dr. Roscoe Shields, Jr., our first speaker on Monday night of the 2023 Propelled Conference. Dr. Shields is the senior pastor at Sharon Adventist Church in Portland, Oregon, and also serves as the regional ministries director for the Oregon Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. With a passion for teaching and a heart for ministry, he has spent years inspiring and motivating believers through his writing, speaking, and social media presence. As a respected theologian and scholar, Dr. Shields holds multiple advanced degrees in ministry and business and has authored several books and articles on Christian living and spirituality. He's also the founder of a thriving online community where Christians can come together to share their faith and support one another in their spiritual journeys. In this presentation, Dr. Shields talks about self-control, looking at Galatians 5, verses 19 through 26. In our spiritual lives, we often face situations that require self-control and focus to overcome. Self-control, of course, is one of the fruits of the Spirit, and with that power of the Holy Spirit, we can control our passions and impulses, placing them in service of God. And when we're guided by the Holy Spirit, God will use us to grow His kingdom. It's a powerful message. And I know that you'll be blessed. Before we get to his presentation, though, I first want to mention the sponsor of this episode, It Is Written, a worldwide media evangelism ministry positively impacting lives for over 60 years. Their ministry continues to grow under the leadership of speaker director John Bradshaw. You can explore the It Is Written website for free online Bible studies, the weekly television program script, video podcasts, and more. They also have evangelism resources for your church. I really appreciate the way that this ministry has impacted local churches in so many positive ways over the years. My first job, in fact, in evangelistic ministry was at It Is Written over two decades ago, and we are blessed and honored for their support of the Propel Conference. You can find all their resources to support your ministry at itiswritten.shop. That's itiswritten.shop. With that, let's get into the heart of this episode. Here is Dr. Roscoe Shields Jr. presenting at the Monday night main session of the 2023 Propel Conference on the topic, leadership and discipleship. Good evening, everyone. I tell you what, I'm excited about being here this evening and I thank uh, Larry Witzel and the rest of the team for allowing me to be a part of this Propel Conference. I'm having a wonderful time, hope that you guys are too. And um, one of the things that really got me motivated and excited about being here is because I saw the name Richie Harrison on the list. I said, I must attend. And next thing I know, I was a speaker. And I think this is the second time I'm an opening act for Richie and I'm glad to do so. Amen, Amen. praise God, man. Hey, listen, we can take this on the road. (laughs) We could take this on a roll. My assignment tonight is talking about leadership and discipleship. And leadership and discipleship, what we want to do, there's a whole lot of things that we could talk about, but I want to just bear uh, just a little nugget out of it. And one of the things that I think as leaders, especially in our context, one of the things that we can uh, use right now and take away from tonight, just one little subject matter called self-control. Everybody say self-control. As leaders, we have to make sure that we're able to control us before we can allow God to help us help anybody else. Who says amen to that? 
Let's have a word of prayer. We get right into the word. Father, I'm grateful for this moment to magnify you. I'm asking, Lord, that your word will now go forth and now somebody's heart and life will be changed because you are magnificent. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you turn with me to the book of Galatians chapter 5, looking at 19 through 26. Galatians chapter 5, 19 through 26, looking at the New Living Translation. This is what the Word of God says. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, adultery, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, he said, but the the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against the, these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. I'll read that again because as church leaders, this is, this is going to be uh, what we need to rely on. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or, provoked or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Now tonight... Uh, if you have not seen the movie Creed, I don't want to spoil it for you, uh, but I'm going to uh, pull some things from the scenes because I believe that there's some gospel there for church leaders that I believe we can uh, glean from tonight. In the early scene of the movie, the champ Felix is, try is training and he's training for the title. He wants to defend his title. And there's a challenge that Donnie feels a need to kind of address at this moment. Instead of sparring with his partners, Felix is ferociously fighting them like they are his opponents. Anybody ever see that in your church where it, we should get along at least at church, right? But instead of getting along and fighting together, we are ferociously fighting each other. Maybe it's just some churches that I know of that I just won't name tonight. But they belong to the same gym and they belong to the same camp and they have the same management. They're on the same team, yet Felix is knocking them out. Felix is misusing his resources and abusing the ones who are supposed to be there to help him. Dunny reminds Felix that it's not always about how hard you hit, but control and focus. Sometimes in life, it's all, well, I'll say always in life, it's about control and focus. This scene is not only relevant to the world of boxing, but also to our spiritual lives as as Christians and church leaders. We often face struggles and challenges that require us to exercise self-control and focus to overcome them. As Christians and as church leaders, we are called to live a life that glorifies God and bears the fruit of the Spirit because that reflects our faith and our character for Christ Jesus. However, this can only be achieved if we allow the Holy Spirit 
the Holy Spirit to work in us and through us. In Galatians 5, 22 and 23, it says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. What I find very interesting about this particular pericope is that Paul is not talking to the world. Paul is talking to the church. Can you imagine Paul having to say to the church people, hey guys, stay away from all these other things. Do you hear the list of things that he, he puts there? But it's important for Paul to be able to tell us the things we need to get away from, but also steer us in the right direction to the things that we should have. And one of those things that Paul talks about being the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Understand that self-control begins with self. Oh, I, I don't have any help in here right now, I see. John Maxwell puts it like this, the first victory that successful people ever achieve or win is the victory over themselves. We know that you have the power to pack a punch. We know that you can say some very harsh words, but do you have the power to have self-control? I know it feels good to give people a piece of your mind, but I dare you today to be a good church leader, a good Christian church leader, and instead of giving them a piece of your mind, to give them a piece of your heart. Paul talks about self-control because he understands that that's something that we need to have the victory over is conquering self. And the word here in the Greek comes from uh, the, the root word kratos, which means to be strong. Plato describes it as self-mastery. It means to have power, to get, to get a hold of, to get a grip on, to get your hands on something until you have control over it. And I'm so worried right now because my daughter, the uh, other day she asked me, well, this morning, as a matter of fact, we were driving along. I was taking her to school. She goes to school over at the academy. Academy and, and she starts pointing out signs and I'm like why are you pointing out these signs and she said because I am studying for my driver's test now I'm afraid <laughs> out of the blue she starts talking about driving and now she's interested so her question was well daddy what is this is this is, is this called an intersection I'm saying now you want to be a driver and you don't even know that this is an intersection I'm worried but I want you to understand something about self-control. Self-control is just like her and just like me as we're learning to drive, as we're going with our cars. When we get behind the wheel, we have the power of control for the speed and the direction of the vehicle. We can choose to step on the gas pedal and speed up or we can apply the brakes so we can just slow down and stop. We can also steer the wheel to navigate one way or the other to get to our destination. In the same way, self-control gives us power to control the, the thoughts and the emotion and actions. It allows us to steer our lives in the right direction so that we can have a pathway to heaven. Self-control, guys, I'm telling you right now, is so very important. When we have a clear destination in mind, and I believe as Christians, as church leaders, we should have a clear destination in mind. All of us want our destination to be heaven, right? So when you have that clear destination in mind, what you want to do is make sure that you understand that it is in your control to control yourself. 
It allows us to steer our lives in the right direction so that we can go in the right direction rather than going in the wrong direction. When we have a clear direction in mind, we can use self-control to navigate our way towards the goal we have in life. We can identify the obstacles that might hinder us from reaching our destination and develop strategies to overcome those obstacles. Understand that our destination is heaven and this world is just a part of our journey. And on this journey, every now and then, saints, we will have to hit the bricks. Every now and then, we'll have to hit the gas pedal so we can speed up just a little bit more because there's some stuff we got to get past. But every now and then, we will have to drive a little bit to the left. We'll have to go a little bit to the right. But understand that it is us controlling the car and God controlling us is leading us to our destination, which I believe is heaven. Truth be told, all of us have certain areas of lives that we can get a grip on. Why? Because that which is uncontrolled can bring heavy harm and plenty of pain. And there are three main areas that I believe that all of us are challenged with, at least one of these areas that we are having to deal with, that if we lose control in one of these areas, we're in trouble. The first area that I noticed that we need to pay attention to is sex. Paul talks about that in the first verse there. Another one is speech. Can we control our tongue or are we emotional speakers? Is it just enough for us to be right or do we actually want the relationship to work? I remember having a conversation with my wife and I hope this is not being recorded because I, wanted, I might have to deny it. I remember having a conversation with her and I know that she was 100% wrong and I was 100% right. And every husband said, hey man, don't do it if you want peace in your house. And I knew that I was right. But because I wanted to have peace in my household, because I, wanted, I respected our relationship, I didn't harp on the details. Now, does that mean I just let her go her way and let her take control and let her be wrong? No. Me and, me and the Lord had to talk about that thing. But it was more important for me to have the relationship with her than for me to push the point for me to be right. And so that's what happened with speech. So we've got sex, we got speech, and the third one is spending. I don't know about you, but I know some people that their, their pockets can't hold a dollar. I mean, it burns a hole in their pocket. As soon as they get it, they've already made plans to get rid of it. But all of these are areas that, that are, if they're left uncontrolled, we will leave the door open for complete disappointment, hurt, and pain in our lives. Gen, uh, uh, the chapter 5 here, Galatians, begins with Paul emphasizing the importance of living in a freedom and not being enslaved by legalistic rules and regulations. He emphasizes that Christ has set us free and that we should not submit to the yoke of slavery again. Paul then goes on to explain that the law itself is not the problem, but rather the problem is trying to be justified by the law rather than by faith in Jesus Christ. Paul then contrasts the work of the flesh with the uh, fruit of the Spirit, highlighting the importance of living a life that is guided by the Spirit. He explains that those who live according to the flesh will not inherit the kingdom of God, but those who walk in the Spirit will produce the fruit of the Spirit, which includes love, joy, peace, 
patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. As Paul concludes this chapter, he lays out the blueprint for a real successful lifestyle. He provides us with the ultimate self-control toolkit. And just like Donnie uh, wanted Felix to, to not give in to his own desires, but to exercise self-control by submitting to the voice of his manager, uh, Paul reminds us not to give in to the desires of our own flesh, but to exercise self-control by submitting to the voice of the Holy Spirit. He emphasizes that those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires and that they should therefore keep in step with the spirit and not be conceited or provoking one another. I don't know about you, but I got some people that provoke me. And I believe they know that they provoke me. I, I know that there are times when I... And preparing for a word or have just preached a word and somebody will come and stand right in my way knowing that they're getting ready to provoke me you know what I've discovered I've discovered that it's just like a bad breakup it's not them it's me it's all about how I take it they can give it however they want to give it but it's all about how I take it so I've learned to control myself in this situation and do you know that a smile and a little head nod will kind of erase a bunch of foolishness it confuses them like why isn't he upset why isn't he mad he must be crazy well we learned today in my class that yeah I am a little bit off but I have to make sure you guys understand that you cannot allow your emotions to drive you. You have to drive your emotions. So I want to leave you with this blueprint for self-control that Paul gives us in this text. Number one, if you take a note, Paul urges us to live in the freedom that Christ has provided. Self-control is one of the fruit of the Spirit, once again, that Paul mentions in Galatians 5, and the fruit of the Spirit are the characteristics or qualities that are produced in our lives as we lead, as we are led by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. In other words, they are the evidence of the Spirit's work in our lives. Self-control in particular is the ability to control our desires, our impulses, and passions in order to live in a way that is pleasing to God it is the opposite of giving in to the desires of our flesh which Paul goes through the length of des uh, of describing for us he said it's sexual immorality impurity uh, sensuality idolatry sorcery enmity strife jealousy fits of anger rivalries dissensions division envy drunkenness orgies and things like these self-control is closely related to the freedom that Christ provides because we have been set free from the bondage of sin. We are now able to resist the desires of the flesh and to live in a life that is guided by the Spirit of God. We no longer have to be slaves to our passion and impulses, but we can exercise self-control through the power of the Holy Spirit. Self-control is important. 
It's a very important aspect of, Christ, of a Christian maturity and growth as we become more and more like Christ each day as we're growing. We are able to exercise greater self-control over our thoughts, over our emotions, over our actions. This is why Paul urges us to walk by the Spirit and to keep in step with Christ. By doing so, we, we, we will be able to overcome the desires of the flesh and produce the Spirit Produce a fruit of the Spirit, which includes self-control. Self-control is a crucial aspect of our lifestyle as Christians. And it is closely related to this because I, what, what I really want you to see in this text is that Paul has given us the understanding that, once again, if we can learn to control our appetites, then we can learn to control everything else that goes on in our lives. Let us face it, we've... Uh, been created with a multitude of moods and passions and desires and they are the, the, the all of these needs are, are manageable they are they must be uh, held under control or they will end up controlling us I like how Lewis Mead said it before he said that self-control is like a conductor of, of a symphony orchestra under the orchestra's baton, the multitude of talented musicians can play the right notes and the, at the right time, at the right volume, so that everything sounds just right. Likewise, our appetites and longings have their proper place, self-control under the God of the Holy Spirit's baton in our hearts, under, under whose skillful direction everything plays and it stays in its proper place and comes in just at the right time to be self-controlled through the power of the Holy Spirit. There is no way we can develop self-control on our own. As Christians on, the, on Crete, they faced long odds, and, and we do as well, but there are more than enough people pulling us down, pulling us back, and also restraining us in life. But the good news is that you don't have to give in to them, or you, don't have to also, you also don't have to give in to them or to your own desires, as long as you follow the prompter of the master conductor, and surrendering to the power of the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into every place that you need to be. Paul urges us as church leaders and pastors to not give up, but also to not give in to the desires of the flesh. When we speak, when Paul speaks of not giving in to the desires of flesh, he's referring to the sinful desires that are part of our human nature. These desires can take many forms, including greed, pride, envy, lust, anger, among others. They, they, are the, they, they are the things that pull us away from God and lead us toward actions and behaviors that are not becoming of a Christian lifestyle. Paul teaches us that as Christians that we are called to resist these desires and instead live by the Spirit. This means that we are to be guided by the Holy Spirit and to follow the lead of the, of the Spirit with our thoughts, with our actions, with our words, with everything that we have, submitting it unto complete control of the Spirit. The importance of not giving in to the desires of the flesh is just as relevant today as it was in Paul's time. As a matter of fact, in the world we live in, with all the types of temptation and distractions, we need it even more. When we, when we resist the desires, however, we are able to experience the freedom and peace that comes with living in according to God's word. 
we are able to live lives that are characterized by what Paul said is love, joy, and kindness, and that bring glory to God. We are also able to grow in our relationship with Christ and become more and more like Jesus. And it's just so amazing. I remember Donald Baller, and he uh, was talking about the Reader's Digest. Anybody remember Reader's Digest? He shared a story of an instructor of a student trucker. And the instructor gave him a scenario to the, gave a scenario to the class. You are eight. You are an eighteen wheeler with a heavy load barreling down the mountainous two lane highway. Ed, your coworker, is asleep. There are six trucks behind you, and as you are coming over the top of the hill, one of the trucks behind you pulls out into the left lane to pass you. As he comes alongside you, you see several trucks coming from the opposite direction, moving towards you. One of the trucks coming at you is in your lane because it is passing on, on the oncoming truck. There are five trucks behind you, one beside you. There's one coming in front of you. The instructor said, now what do you do? The answer is simple, said one student. I'll just call and wake up Ed. He said, well, why would you do that? Why would you wake up Ed? The student replied, because Ed ain't never seen a truck wreck like this before. I would propose to you that anyone who is living without Christ and as their personal Lord and Savior for their entire life is going to have a wreck and they will end up on the worst side of, of creation, on the worst side of salvation, on the wrong side of God. And it will be a tragic accident. And they're gonna be they're gonna have things everywhere. So if we are if we want to give into our desires or our flesh, we may as well wake up Ed because there's about to be a truck wreck in our lives. Last thing I want to share with you is that Paul urges us to be guided by the Spirit. When Paul speaks on being guided by the Spirit, he is referring to the idea as Christians, as church leaders, we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit inside of us. The Holy Spirit is our helper and counselor, and he works within us to guide our thoughts, our words, and our actions. As we yield to the Holy Spirit's guidance, we are able to live lives that are in accordance with God's will. Being guided by the Holy Spirit is just, a is just as relevant today as it was in Paul's time. However, when we yield to the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we are able to find clarity and direction amidst chaos. The Holy Spirit works within us to help us discern God's will for our lives and to lead us toward a path that he has prepared for us. He also helps us to overcome the temptation that would pull us away from God and to grow in our faith and relationship with him. I remember a story told by um, one of my favorite preachers, Dr. Lance Watson, and he was talking about how he was, um, he was invited to be a guest conductor for the orchestra. And they gave Dr. Watson a baton and they showed him a few hand gestures and showed him where he should stand. And as he was standing there in front of the brass section, in front of the woodwinds and the percussions and all of the professional musicians, he got very concerned because it dawned on him. He realized that he had absolutely no clue about what he was doing. 
In his nervousness, he inquired about some type of training, a crash course or something. To his relief, the person told him that they would be standing behind him and all of the orchestra would be taking their cues from that person. He was relieved. The real conductor told Dr. Watson, all you have to do is just stand there and wave your hands. And that's exactly what I like about that because the Holy Spirit is the one who stands behind us and he guides us. He's the great conductor. Jesus has declared that all power in heaven and earth is, is, is in his hands, which means that everything in the universe, including my urges, including my appetite, including my temptations, are under his control. And that's a hallelujah shout moment for somebody because as long as we are guided by the Holy Spirit, all we have to do is stand there and just wave our hands. Just like in Creed 3, we have power, but we need help with our self-control. Just like Felix was told to listen to Duke, we have to listen to the Holy Spirit. We cannot punch our way out of this. We cannot beat our way out of this. We cannot manipulate our way out of this, but we can stand there and just wave our hands. We can wave our hands because Jesus died on the cross. We can wave our hands because Jesus slept in a borrowed tomb. We can wave our hands because even though he died on Friday, I read somewhere that he got up on Sunday morning. We can wave our hands because he got up and he got up with all power in his hands. So now we can wave our hands because not only did he get power, but he said to us, now I give unto you, guess what? Power. We have power for what, everybody? We have power to have freedom from the power of sin. We have power to have freedom from the penalty of sin. And when he comes back, he's going to give us power. When he comes back, he's going to give us power to have the freedom over the presence of sin. Amen. And I, as I get ready to take my seat, I want to let you know that even though you may have challenges at your church, even though you may have challenges in your home, even though you may have challenges in your personal life, on your job, but you've been called to a higher standard. And the only way that we can make it as church leaders is that we stay connected to the cross. Amen. The only way, there, there's some stuff that we just cannot do on our own. There was a flight instructor who took up a, a student and he told him to go all the way up and as the student went up, the instructor said, I want you to try something. I want you to just dive down. The student looked at the instructor and said, okay, well, you know, you're the instructor. He ended up diving down, and as he was diving down, the engine began to sputter and stalled. And they were coming down quickly. And as the, as the, as the, as the um, airplane was coming down quickly, the student started to lose control. And he was very worried. He started to scream and shout and holler at the instructor. And all of a sudden, the engine came back on. And what I, what I want you to understand is that the instructor did not move, did not budge, because the instructor knew what was going to happen. So the, um, the, the man said to the instructor, why didn't you take the wheel? Why didn't you just take over? You're the instructor. The instructor said, that's because... 
I know what's going to happen. He said, as long as I'm on this plane with you, I'm always in control. And I want you to know that as long as King Jesus is on your ship, as long as he's in the boat with you, as long as he's on the plane with you, as long as he's in your life, no matter how crazy it may seem, he is always in control. Father, I ask that as leaders now that we would stay connected to you. Because that we can try to do it in our own, on our own power, but we will fail. We will be disappointed. Father God, there are some things that are happening in our churches that we wish that would change. We're following you, and, and yet here we are. We're doing the best we can. We, we, we know that you said go and we went. We did everything that you ask us to do. And sometimes, oh Lord, we, we ask ourselves the question, did we really hear from you? Now, Father, I'm asking you to help lead and guide us with your Holy Spirit. As we are leading your churches, I'm asking, Lord, let us dare not lead without uh, connecting with you first. One of the biggest challenges we have is that we have taken a C and left it off, and now all we have is omission when we should have had the commission. You told us to go ye therefore, but before we go, we must come. We must come unto you. Let us get our energy from you. Let us get our power from you. So that when the world does go crazy, when, when, when our churches do go crazy, when things are happening, oh Lord, that we don't understand, we know that you're on the ship with us, you're on the plane with us, and you have everything under control. Most of all, Lord, let us be mindful that not only are you on the plane with us, but it is your plane. As your inspired writer once said, as fragile as a church may be, it is still the apple of your eye. So let us be mindful, O Lord, that you've called us for such a time as this. You've asked us to be leaders, not followers, but leaders. In order to do that, we must follow you as you lead your church. So we turn it over to you, and we thank you, Lord, for giving us self-control through the power of your Holy Spirit. It's only when we control ourselves that we're able to clearly hear you to clearly follow you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, one of the things that we did at the Propel Conference was the practice of reflection. Don't just take in this fire hose of information. Stop for a moment and think about how what you heard can be applied in your own life, in your own ministry. And at the Propel Conference, we even shared some reflection questions for you to consider. So, Right now, I'd like you to pause and reflect on what you just heard. What was the big idea for you? How will you apply this in your own ministry context? And when this episode finishes in another minute or so, I encourage you to pause for five or ten minutes and just let your mind wander. This reflection time can be really powerful. Well, that's it for this episode. We'd love to hear from you. You can shoot us an email at podcast at propelconference.org. Special thanks to Dr. Roscoe Shields Jr. for speaking at the Propel Conference this year and to It Is Written for sponsoring this episode. This has been the Propel Podcast, inspiration and training to grow your church. 
The Propel Podcast is sponsored by the North Pacific Union Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. The event recording services were provided by Adventist Learning Community, and the podcast is produced by the crew at Sermonview Evangelism Marketing. I'm Larry Witzel, wishing you God's richest blessing in your evangelistic journey. Please join us again next time for another episode of The Propel Podcast. Mm-hmm.